0: Should I go? Yep. <laughs> Hi, this is Michelle Kinnan, and you're listening to the Radically Selfish podcast. Radically Selfish is a movement. It's a personal revolution. And so I'm talking to women that have personally revolutionized their own lives and taken back the definition for what it means to be happy, healthy, and to do things their own way. Fuck what society tells you to do. You get to live the life that you want. Welcome back. This is part two of my interview with Melinda Alexander, or as you might know her on Instagram, Moo Mansion.
1: Like I say, I, I like being engaged with things. That to me means I'm looking at it, I'm paying attention, and I'm trying. And I have people in my life that I feel like have very clear boundaries. And while I value them for that skill, it does feel a little like selfish. And so I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I look at those people like with some judgment of like, hey, that's cool. Take I'm glad you're taking such good care of your needs. But there are other people out here who need you. <laughs>
2: well, I, I have uh, so many things to talk about based on what you just said. Um, okay. The first one is what it sounds like you're saying is um, that this is all a big process right like people think about consciousness or enlightenment as like a destination like a place where you end up and you're like yes i'm here i did it like everything's Uh perfect now like i'm zen we're cool like if i ever got mad i could just stop that right away no problem and this constant balancing back and forth like that's just the process right like how do you check in with yourself how do you take a breath how do you just see like where you're at and ask like is this good like am i good like do i feel okay and if not like what do i need like what has to change like what can i do or what can i stop doing in order to regain that sense of like flow for myself you know and that's like a a constant constant thing because the one of the dangers or one of the hard things about social media or just like in movies when you see like the end of a movie and it's like they live happily ever after is it's just like you see a snapshot of something and it's frozen in time and you think like oh well that person just has it figured out don't they like well they Mm -hmm. just like unlocked the mystery of life and like they're cool and their life is great like how am I supposed to do that you know it seems so like unattainable and it's remember that it's not it's just it's so making a decision, like living with that awareness or like, I mean, it, and like having your life be the consciousness practice where you're just always checking in, always aware, like always feeling into like, is this good? Is this good for me? Is this good for the people I'm responsible for? Like, and, and, and answering it honestly and based on that answer, doing what needs to be done to recalibrate Um, And to that regard, a huge part of it is, how are you doing? And I love that you said that you feel like a judgment about other people's um, boundaries and their selfishness, because what I know from my work is, and from my self-experience, is anytime I feel judgmental or jealous about somebody else or, like, really annoyed about somebody else, it's always a sign for me to, like, go back inside and be like, all right, why does that bother me so much? Like, what does that rub inside of me that isn't like Mm -hmm. being met or that like, I actually like there's something about it that I want or like, or I I want it and I shouldn't want it or like there's Mm -hmm. some kind of dissonance inside of me that those moments create And to go back to this practice that you have in yourself is, like, looking at that, really, that uncomfortable feeling and asking, like, what's the message here? Like, what is my inside? Like, what is the inside of me really seeking for that's creating this kind of disturbance between where I'm at and what I'm seeing that's bothering me so much,
1: right? Mm hmm Yeah, that's the listening part. You know, and I, I'm very thankful for meditation, even though, to be perfectly honest, and I'm going to talk about this in my online group, too, like, demystifying meditation. I've been, quote, meditating for a long time, and I, I always felt like, is this what everybody's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get, like, I'm not having the breakthroughs that everybody else is having. Not seated. I felt like I meditate all fucking day. My whole damn life is a meditation. And I still feel like that. I feel like my epiphanies come in, driving the car, standing on the street in the line. Like I don't, they don't only come, they don't even mainly come sitting on the mat. But I think what I have recently allowed myself to do, um, which has been very transformative for me, is use that time, not so much to clear my mind. I do that if I'm having anxiety, like I'll do a really breath. Focused meditation. But I've been allowing it to be a little bit more of an exploration of a time of when something that was triggering to me came up. Can I just sit down and be with it? Mm -hmm. And that has been really transformative because given the busyness of my life, I may have an epiphany in the grocery store, but I don't really have the time to be with it because now I got to get my kid and he's in the other aisle. And then I got (laughs) to call the bank and transfer the money to put the money for the groceries. And then I got to pick up the thing and then I got to get home. And so there's no time to go deeper. And the, the meditation really allows me to just sit with whatever's coming up for me and just be with it and listen. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of people say they meditate, but they don't talk about how they meditate or what that even looks like or how it feels like. And, Um, so I'm going to start sharing a little bit more of that because I think it can look like a million different things. It doesn't have to be Zen meditation. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't even have to be, you know, whatever, seated. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to do a lot of things, whatever works. that's getting you to giving you a moment. To me, the most important part is it is a moment away from everything else. Again, it could be in the bath to be alone. It could be on the toilet for all I care. Shitting meditation. It's a new thing. (laughs) But even to be perfectly honest, I was gonna say raise your hand. There's no one here. Raise your (laughs) hand if you always bring your phone to the toilet. That is my ritual. That is my Instagram time. I check my Instagram on the toilet. That's that's what I do. So I'm not present with my shitting or a meditation for that matter Because I'm on Instagram. And that's fine. That's when I fit it in. But I also do sit on an actual cushion and meditate. So I make the time somewhere. If you don't have the time, maybe try leaving your phone when you're shooting and sitting there for two minutes and just being with however you're feeling and noticing, like, ooh, today's a busy day. I'm feeling a lot of tightness. And that thing my boss said just really fucking pissed me off. And, and like you said, that really pissed me off. What? About it, like, what's under the the anger? What what am I actually pissed off about? Right. It's, it's not the thing she just said. It's never the fucking thing they just said. It's the thing that they just said that's linked to these other things that have happened to me in my life that make me feel bad. And when you can start to see that a little bit clearer, it it helps loosen the hold those things have on you because you realize what they are and you see them for what they are and what they aren't. And I definitely, I'm ha- I'm in the middle of having. I have a couple people in my life that are pretty triggering, and they're people that I love. And so, what you were just saying about sitting with what it is, and, and one of them, for instance, is the person with the really strong boundaries. And it just really bugs me. And it, there's a there's a good chance that what bugs me about it is I don't have any. How the fuck do you have so many boundaries and I don't have any? <laughs> and and yet I don't desire to be just a person with, um, or, you know, I'm 37. I've been the way that I am for a long time and I I do want to change and I want to take better care of myself and I want to be more selfish, but I also feel like there is a part of me. It's not just a people pleaser because I like validation. It's a, It's an innate part of me that wants to help people. And I don't want to put up so many damn boundaries that I change that because that's who Melinda is. And so that's kind of part of my growing pains right now is grappling with the how do I create boundaries that feel good to me, not just feel necessary. Absolutely.
2: Right. Because you can you can see how other people do it. Right. Like that's the beauty of spending time with people that inspire those kinds of new ideas or perspectives in you. And it can Mm -hmm. be from both ways. You know, when you're mindful, you can see how somebody is doing it and be like, that's cool. I want more of that in my life. And at the same time, you could look and see what's going on with someone else and be like, that is not cool. I don't want that. And become like even more committed to yourself or how you want to be uh, in your life too. But there's no one way to do it. And that's really why like checking in, with what it is for you, like how you can serve yourself better, like how you can make it a more enjoyable or pleasant or turned on experience for yourself and express it through that way, like that's the way to do it because you're not here to live it for somebody else or like to do it according to their rules, like especially not you, lady, because I've been watching you on the internet and that's not really your thing, (laughs) right? Wait, say it again? That you're not here to live by other people's rules or expectations, like you have a strong guiding voice and in reality, we all have a strong guiding voice inside of us, it's like how do we listen to that voice, how do we listen to, like, our own wisdom and then give their, give ourselves permission and have the courage to decide for ourselves and on our behalf, like, how we're going to make that a reality for ourselves. So you having boundaries doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do it like that person that is, has, like, a what it sounds like is, like, a wall of boundaries up, right? You don't want to mm-hmm. have a wall necessarily, but at the same time, you can be inspired by how they make that space and desire more of that in your life. And use that kind of dissonance to figure out how you're going to create that for yourself too.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like it's a, it's, a, it's an engagement with it. It's an I always say it's everything. I'm just experimenting, you know. Oh, that that felt bad. I didn't <laughs> that that felt bad. That felt very unfamiliar. Sometimes things feel bad because they're unfamiliar, and that's not the same. And so you know. Going back to what self-care, what self, again, it's the awareness. Are you aware? I'm, I'm hyper aware of all of my thoughts and all of my emotions and I try to create enough space and enough mental agility to allow them so I can start to see patterns like, oh, every time this happens, this is my reaction and like, what is that about? Like, what? If, and that's an example. Now let me go meditate on that because now I've noticed that that's my reaction. And <clears throat> you know, I went to a seven-day meditation retreat, and <clears throat> you're silent, and so there, there's all there's no like there's new information, but it's only internal information. It's not coming from around you, so you're not having to process a bunch of other people's shit. And I just noticed a lot of patterns that were very Melinda and it was cool because I got to engage with them and like, I was like tampering with them a little, you know, and, and just my goal is to create enough space in my life where, yes, I have time for a spa and a massage and a bath. And to be honest, for me, self-care looks, if I was going to spend money on things, I love a massage. Don't get me wrong. And the spa is great. There's a $20 spa around the corner. It's definitely mm-hmm. worth doing. But I like, I'd rather go see have an appointment with you. I'd rather spend my money on some active... This is for me. Some people desperately need relaxation. Mm-hmm. I would like someone to be doing something to my body. And not to say that a massage is not that, but doing something with my body, engaging in a certain way, you know, shifting some energy, getting acupuncture, whatever, you know, some therapy, something that... um gives me some support in the work that I'm already doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that's my idea of self-care. Is like mm-hmm. like I just saw, a, a, you know, a doctor, a real, like profoundly holistic homeopathic doctor a couple of weeks ago. And it cost, I had to pay out of pocket, but that was something I had been saving for that felt like a gift. That was like my birthday gift to myself, mm-hmm. slash Christmas, slash every Hanukkah, everything I could think of. Um, but that self-care is going to the doctor for me <laughs> and like figuring out what's actually wrong underneath a lot of this stuff. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm experimenting. I'm always looking for new ways to show up better, both for myself and for other people. I guess that that's kind of at the core of what I'm saying is, I don't want to be Like there's sometimes, especially when things go down politically, I want to run away. I want to be, I want to go live on a farm, Mm -hmm. you know, in the forest with my son and my partner and I want to pick berries and I just want to disengage from the world that we are in and that is self-care and that would be great to some extent, but I have an obligation greater than that for me. A lot of people don't feel that obligation, but I do. To humanity and to other people. And I feel like my purpose on earth is bigger than self you know, self awareness or self care. And so I'm always trying to find a delicate balance because on the other side of that, I can't do any of those things if I'm if I'm overextended. There are definitely weeks and months in my life where I cannot show up for a cause or another person because my back is literally like I cannot bend over. I'm like walking with a heating pad and my child needs, I need to find someone to pick him up because I can't drive. Or I'm so emotional and I'm crying so hard that I can't leave the house because I'm in the grocery store sobbing. And so I, you know, part of self care is, Growing my own ability to have space to help other people, and I don't always have it, you know. But I, and I, I
2: have, I have to say that just you being that, like you being truthful about that, like you allowing that in yourself, because there's so many other people out there that are in a space where they won't even let themselves cry, or they won't let themselves like show show that kind of depth of sadness or feeling, or Pain, or that they they brush it away, and so for you to do that, like this is so much about what I believe in, in how when you can really get free, how you can really express, how you can really just be where you're at. Not only do you take care of yourself, but you teach others that it's okay and that they have permission, and what it looks like for a woman to be expressed and to have emotions and to be powerful, and to be visible, and it changes the narrative, it changes what's normal, it changes what permission we have, it, it annihilates those old conditionings and messages that we got when we were growing up about being polite, and being quiet, and not being burdened, and not taking up too much space, and that's how we overthrow the patriarchy, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's so many ways to do it, yes, past laws, Yes, march in the streets. Like, yes, sign petitions. Yes, riot and demonstrate. Be visible and do those things. And also take it home. Like, live it deeply from the inside out, too. Also for people that can't go to those events or don't know how to show up in those kinds of ways, that you can do it for yourself and create that ripple for the people and the society around you as well. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, that's it. (laughs) It's a multifaceted work. And I just keep showing up the best I know how. And it keeps changing. And I keep changing. And that's okay, too. Like, I think that people are uncomfortable with change to get to one place. You know, there's been plenty of times where I've been frustrated. Like, I just got here. And now I got to, you know, the train keeps moving. Hmm. Um, and everyone's life, you know, the other thing that I think is really important to remember is going back to why people unfollow or whatever. Just because you like me, everything I say doesn't have to resonate with you. Everything that I say doesn't have to feel like your life. That would be weird. But I think it makes people uncomfortable when, like, people have messaged me and said this, and I think it's hilarious and so true. Like, oh, I, I love you so much that when you say things I don't agree with, I get confused. (laughs) Good. Get confused. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, you don't have to agree with everything. We are not the same person. I have a very specific set of gifts and experiences and outlooks that I don't think most people have. The combination of them. You know, there's some of them that resonate with you and there are going to be some that don't. And what makes me, me is the combination of them. And so the things that i talk about it's not your journey's not gonna look just like that these are not blanket like paths like if you do this you get this i don't know where your twists and turns are i don't know where you're more stuck than i was or you know all of our conditioning and all of our you know and the privilege plays a huge part in it man like i i had all this shit happen to me but i had i had a lot of privilege in that healing like i had support I was able to really take off work and granted it fucked with my identity and I had to get on welfare and I definitely didn't have like money um but I I wasn't homeless and I was I was taking care of it and I knew that I was okay and I didn't have to rush and go get another shitty ass job that felt toxic to me in the middle of my trauma I was able to move in with my grandmother and like just relax for a second. And like, so I think there are layers of experience and privilege that, you know, we all experience very differently. And my financial background and my racial background and so many layers of my experience have contributed to my specific healing journey. And so, you know, even my business model, like everybody can't, it's taken me a long time to make any money and really, establish myself and a lot of people don't have that time to give to this. And I I don't, you know, I I just want people who witness me who are like, when is my man coming and when is my business going to take off? And when am I going to travel around the world? Like that's just not how I, I, that's not how it works. You know, it's not like if you just do X, Y, Z, that this will happen. It's all our individual journeys and it's hard to, on both on well, one side you are at the end of the day on your journey alone and then on the other side hopefully what i provide is some framework and some tools and some reminders for how to be on that journey and how to show up at the very minimum authentically for yourself and whether or not you ever share that on instagram or you know a lot of people who follow me have 27 followers they're not there to be able you know, a business or a brand or a motivational person. They're just trying to get through their daily life, you know, at AT&T. Yeah. And, and I, we need those people. We can't all be, you know, and, and as long as they're working on their own journey to get free in in their actual life and how what that looks like for them, I think it's important to remember. But, like, everybody's not Melinda and... Thank God. I mean, that would be weird.
2: <laughs> it would be weird for me. <laughs> well, and, you know, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I just think that's the thing about social media is it's like this desire to be more. Like I fall for it every day. There's what? someone, there's people in my feed that are dope. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was more blank, you know. She's so blank. And then I just, that's an example of where I have to draw back in like, okay, but I'm not her. I am these other things that I'm really dope, of, you know? And and I know people witness that, you know, experience that when they witness me. Like, oh, she has this or she's experiencing now. Like, I want to have that feeling. And we just have to trust, which is a whole other conversation that, like, you know, it's all the corny cliches and shit about spirituality, but well, the things that are, are meant for you are really... Re- you will find them. The thing that the part, don't worry about my partner. That's not your partner and that's not your person and there's a bunch of reasons why you might not have your partner right now. And so if we can balance and going back to that concept, how much time we spend on social media with how much time we're spending looking at our actual life. Hmm. Like basically other people's lives versus our own lives. And like instead of coveting and, and adoring and, and, you know, noticing and, and whatever, watching other people's experience. I think that's where the mind fuck comes in. It's like, dang, everybody's doing all these things and here I am at AT&T. Or all these people are doing, you know, having these weddings or taking these trips with their partners or whatever. And here I am alone. Whereas if we didn't even know, there was a time when we didn't know what the hell anybody was doing. all we had was movies and we at least had some semblance of an understanding that those were actors. And now it's like you're watching everyone's life and it's just, it's very confusing, I think. And it it takes to me the attention away from where you should be focused, which is not selfish, but is your life. You should be centered on your own life and doing work in your own life, not to to catch up to so-and-so. And so, I, I, you know, I try, and it sounds selfish, but here's an example of something that I feel like it's I'm giving version. I'm giving
2: you permission, Melinda. Be selfish. This is your time. Just do it. <laughs> well,
1: that's what I'm saying. Is a, a, an example of a selfish choice that I've made that sounds like self-centered is I post, but I don't really scroll. I don't really want to read. I don't want to see about all the things that you guys are doing. It's throwing me off. Because, like, I'm trying to write this book, and if I'm following all these great writers and these brilliant minds, and then she says something brilliant, that's not what my book is about. But now I feel like I should somehow incorporate that into my book, because that is a really good point. And, you know, it's just it's destabilizing when you're trying to, to focus on your own shit. And so going back to the who unfollowed me, it could have been another writer. It could have been, you know, wherever you're at in your process, I think we all need to reserve the right to protect our psyche and our emotional space with things that both feed it and not to say unfollow every single thing that triggers you because then those are the people who completely disengage from social justice in the news because it's too emotional for them. And I get that. Believe me, I have that desire just like the next person. But we also need to, you know, allow, like someone else messaged me and said, she was the one that was like, it confuses me when you say something that I don't agree with. And she said, but it also helps me because I do love you so much that I don't have a desire to unfollow you as much as sit with the thing that you said. Why is it triggering to me? Because it's some shit that I need to look at in my own life. So again, finding the balance between pushing, you know, getting rid of toxic people or triggers, but also engaging with triggers And that's my goal is to the point where I don't have to avoid even when it comes down to food at this point, I don't have sweets in my house because my relationship to sweets is, is sketchy. And so I don't have, I've put a lot of work into my emotional healing, but I haven't put that much into my relationship with food. And so the best way that I know how to not shop is to not go into a store. The best way that I know how to not eat sweets is to not have them in the house. But my goal is to get to the point where I can go shopping with you and I'm not phased by it. Mm. And I can have sweets in the house and they're not calling me.
2: Mm.
1: And how to rewire my relationship to my quote-unquote triggers. But I'm not there yet. And part of the awareness is knowing that you're not there. So in the meantime, no, no Nutella in the house.
2: Well, I, I have to commend you, though, because you, you talk about um, hard boundaries and it sounds like you're actually pretty good at setting our boundary when it comes to food or when it comes to shopping. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting how we can look at who we are or what we're able to do in one situation and feel like, oh, how do I do that. But then in another situation, it sounds like, oh, you're practicing that, like you're doing that. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to mm-hmm. reflect that back
1: to you right now. No, yeah, that's a thank you for that. That's a good Reminder is, but see that is an example where no one's affected by whether or not I eat Nutella.
2: Well, that's not true so, because you know I don't know about you, but with me, if I eat sugar, I get crazy mm, high, and then 30 minutes mm, later, I pick a fight with my husband, and maybe the decisions yeah. that I'm making aren't the most grounded. So you know when you look at it on the level deeper, it, it, it's 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 uh, it's not what you think it is necessarily, and that's
1: yeah, I know that it. makes sense.
2: And what it leads to is, like, how are you – you could approach anything in that kind of way that you could really think, like, oh, this is just about me or this doesn't bother anybody else. or. But that's not necessarily true. Like, we never know. And to your point of, like, always wanting to do better and to improve and – be able to take a look at ourselves in those situations, like you can, you can really start to be mindful and which you are, you know, but I'm just talking to the people that are listening, like how to have that kind of mindfulness or tapping in, in that kind of ways. Like how do all of our actions, whether we think that they're, just for us in private or affecting other people in our lives, like what are they really doing when we take them or when we don't take them or in how we treat ourselves or in what we choose to eat or in where we choose to hang out or if our clothes are comfortable or if we're wearing high heels that are pinching our toes, like how do all of those mini actions that we're taking and decisions that we make every day affect the whole world around us? Like it would be crazy to think that wearing uncomfortable shoes and changing into comfortable shoes could change the world or change our relationships. But if you go from a place of being uncomfortable to look a certain way to a place of like, screw it, I just want to be comfortable and easy, it can change so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know that's something for me to sit with because the first thing that you said like triggered in me in a good way, like, ooh, maybe boundaries. Help are helpful for other people, but see, then that that goes back to that I just want to help other people. If it's just <laughs> if it's just helpful for me, it feels uncomfortable. But if I think of oh, if I stop doing this, my son will benefit from that. So like, for instance, even you know, like shopping. So if I don't buy things, then <laughs> then I can buy more things for him, or I can have more time with him, or you know, versus. I can just have a better relationship with money. It's not that someone else benefits from it. So it's something, you know, to think about because I got really excited for a second. Like, oh, that is how I can be radically selfish by telling myself (laughs) that the selfishness benefits my community. And and that goes back to, which is true, but I want to, again, get my ultimate goal is to the point, getting to the point where some things, if they just benefit me, that's okay you know like everything does every single thing about my life does not have to be helpful and and you know for other people
2: well what you're saying now i mean i, I would just say baby steps you know because yeah. like like people talk about making affirmations where it's like i i will be happy every day right like that's a desire that someone might have i want to be happy every day so my affirmation is i will be happy every day and then the next response to that could be but that's not possible and how could I do that and there's all these things for me not to be happy about and it becomes this like unattainable thing like I couldn't even believe that affirmation even if I wanted to so how could you tweak it right like maybe it's that like um, I will choose to find one thing every day that makes me happy you know and so even though you know like you have an ultimate goal like maybe you don't start with trying to get to that place right away that it's it, your excuse would be that it's better for your son and it still gives you the, the fa- desired effect, then that's just what you go with to start. Knowing that you want to build to something more for yourself, like knowing that you have that kind of desire, but still, you know, giving yourself permission and, and holding that kind of kindness and love for yourself. And, and I'm just going to tell you that that is also still so selfish. So don't worry, you've, you've, you've given yourself a way to be selfish, even if it's, also on your son's
1: behalf. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that's a good, like, I, I really did a little thing, like, went off triggers, not even the right word, but, like, a little, like, ooh, that's a good way of thinking of it, you know? Yeah. I If I do this, then that helps other people, and I think for me, given that I am so far to one extreme of, like, well, how can I, what, is, what does everything feel like to other people, you know? Um that that might be a middle ground for me is that if I get into the practice of doing some things for myself that do benefit other people um, and just in just thinking about ways, like, I mean, I'm great at that. I'm great at like uh, connecting dots and like making deeper meaning out of things. And so I can tell you what, how not wearing heels benefits other people in my life and I can tell you how not eating things and not buying things and not showing up certain ways and saying no. Like the truth is, is everything I do or don't do for that matter benefits my son. Because if my back is fucked up, I'm not a great mom. I'm sorry, kid. And then you can play as many fucking video games as you want because I can't drive and I can't move. And That's not the kind of mom that I want to be. And so the less that I say yes to other people, the more I can say yes to him. And I think I need to, you know, he's seven, he's not a baby, but I think I need to remind people that I'm a mom. Like my kid, you know, I'm not just trying to fit him in where he get where I can. Like if I'm fully responsible for this human development And every moment where I'm present with him and I'm not present on Instagram or, you know, like I have a a real, I've been wanting that I've been pulled to do a reminder post to people. I, I feel pretty shitty that I don't reply to DMs and comments. It's always just not felt good to me. But the truth is, is there's no fucking way I can do that. Every moment, who do I care more about? Like, replying with, to everyone's comments, or like my kids, you know how many hours a day it would take me to reply to DMs and say thank you to everyone who says a comment on my page? I cannot do that. And I've been very clear that that is direct time. I don't want to be the mom that my son, he said once or twice, and it like burned me. Like, oh, you're always on your phone. And I was just like, oh, that <laughs> You know, which is not true, but in his little mind, like, you know, he looks over and you're watching a movie and I'm watching a movie with him, but I'm also on my phone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm a business person. I do have to make a living and he understands that. But I want to be as present for him as I can. And if that means some adult women don't get, you know a thank you for every comment that they make. I have, that's something I have to live with. And it does feel selfish, but it's really not about me. It's about how much time I have in the day. And, and I felt that at 10,000. So at 30,000, I feel it even stronger. And you know, who knows where this is going. And I Mm -hmm. just, I just want to remind people I'm not an asshole. I, I, I see everything and I see the comments and I see the messages and I appreciate it. I just, I'm a real life person with a kid by myself and a business by myself. And I think, and there's just,
2: yeah, I think that even you, again, you're so you're so good at this, Melinda, that you sharing this kind of truth in your story. Like I'm listening to you talk, and as an entrepreneur, as a wife, like as a real person, we just don't have time for everything. And it's like, how can we forgive ourselves and trust that the people that are there to love us? no matter what, we'll still be there. Like, even if we aren't able to be the most ideal version or do everything that they need us to do, like we're all doing our best in any given moment. So how can we, Forgive ourselves and love ourselves and take care of ourselves so that we can keep doing that and we don't end up like our moms with migraines and I say our moms because I have that experience Mm -hmm. too growing up in a house with a very busy, very powerful alpha mom running a business and seeing how she depleted herself and suffered behind the scenes and what it did to her mood and her patience and and then just watching her struggle and sacrifice like everything in herself because she was doing it for everybody else. And that's the martyr thing. Right. But like if I if it was my choice, I wouldn't have you know, I wouldn't ask her to be that kind of martyr. You know, ultimately, she is doing it because she thinks that that's what we want to need or as kids we wanted to need it. But is that true, you know? So it's like questioning that and asking that. And is that true? And what would happen if I wasn't? What would happen if I wasn't and I didn't answer and I didn't do everything and I just was with my son or with my family or in my life? And it was just like, fuck it. Like, if I could just make my experience better and take care of myself, what would that mean for my creativity? What would that mean for the book that I'm writing? Mm -hmm. I'm talking in your voice right now, but what would that mean for... The way that I could show up for my clients, like, what would that mean in my relationships? Like, asking those questions, doing that kind of inquiry, like, how could your life change? But then everything that's in your life, meaning all the people that are in your life and all the people that rely on you and that turn to you, like, what would change in them just seeing you really stand for yourself and take care of yourself and show up for yourself, what would it trigger and open in them? And that's why we're having this conversation. That's why I started this podcast. That's why I do this kind of work. I think that's why you do your kind of work, like to really change that paradigm, to change this way of thinking and this kind of reality for for people, especially for
1: women. Mm Um, that reminds me. Oh, that's a good segue. I don't know if to to ending in some ways and talking about where I'm going from here.
2: Yeah, just tell us.
1: Um. So I'm really excited because I, you know, I I started doing in-person workshops. They weren't even workshops; they were just gatherings. I've been doing gatherings forever. Like, hey, I found out about this new thing. I want to everybody come over and do, you know, dissemination of information, or let's gather on this topic or whatever. And then it grew into workshops, and then. I opened my space to have workshops, but that was right around the time where I was feeling really physically drained. And so the internet is a cool place and you can have workshops online. And so I started doing workshops online for the last couple of years and that's gone really well, but then I'm like still trying to keep up the the, the Instagram presence and blah, blah. And so I the Instagram is its own thing, obviously, but I feel like, I feel drawn to it. Sometimes I feel drawn and sometimes I feel pushed. It's a push-pull relationship. And yet I have all these thoughts and all this work that I'm doing that I feel like is helpful to people and I want to share it. But then it's like all this work and I'm not actually making any money off of the Instagram portion. And so um, now that my last two groups are ending, have ended this last month, Um, one was about body image and our, you know, self And our identity in the other one was about love and healthy patterns and and self-love, really, and how self-love helps us show up better in relationships. Um, But I kept feeling like I wanted the people in one group to be in the other group. Like, oh, this is, you know, all these things are all related. And so I am excited that I'm going to do one big blanket group next year. And it's a year-long program and it's affordable to where you sign up for the year, and we work on all the shit, and we talk about all the shit, and it's not a huge fi- um, financial or time obligation, but it's kind of like the Instagram where I'm sharing things as I'm processing names I'm giving some assignments. We have some group work together, and um, it's just a streamlining kind of, of of all the different things that I feel like I'm working on and thinking about, and they're all in one place, and. They don't require me to be on Instagram. They don't require me to, you know, comment. And and then I have my own set of issues with just Instagram as a company. And I feel like the fact that they hold the key to my, you know, everything is, makes me upset sometimes. I know. Um, So taking it off of Instagram into a different forum. So I'm really excited about that. Like it just feels like a great first, step or further step solution to trying to have all these one-off workshops and trying to, you know, promote all the time and this is, we're in this group together, we're working on this stuff together.
2: What's it and
1: called?
2: So I, say it again? What's call called, your group?
1: I haven't I I think I know the name, but it's also the name of my book, so I'm a little need to be careful. I I don't know yet about. It's not. It's not naked and
2: naked and crying.
1: No. I kind of love that, and I think it could be. (laughs) I have to. That's what I'm saying. I have to sit with that. Like maybe that's the name of my book. And anyway, so to be continued. But it'll be. It's going to start in late January. I'm going to start promoting it in the next week or so. I mentioned it on Instagram today, but more information on that. And then I'm working on my book, and part of the reason that it's so important for me to do that one group, and that's pretty much all I'm working on because I have my private clients. So I have my private clients. I'll have the one blanket group, and that will help be my baseline to where I can really put the energy into my book and finishing the book and doing a book tour, which will for sure happen in 2018. So awesome. That's like my simplified version at this point. Instead of, you know, and some other time I'll do – it's probably going to be part of the online workshop talking about entrepreneurship and just creative energy and like how you get an idea and you're like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. But we cannot, we cannot, I repeat, do every fucking idea. It's just not, that's not how it works. And you have to put them somewhere and come back to them or let them morph into something else. Yep. But I have had to learn that I need to focus and I need, otherwise I'm exhausted. It's just too many ideas. They're great ideas, but I'm going to start, like, giving them away or selling them because I can't do every idea that I have. And so I'm really excited about showing up in a very streamlined way so I can focus on my family and activism and my book and this group and my clients. And Instagram will be an overflow of whatever doesn't fit into those things, but it's not going to be the primary place where I spend my energy.
2: Well, Um, one of my one of my teachers she taught me because I am also uh, over a and I get I- an idea and I run with it and actually that's sometimes why I'm afraid to get in a bath or do acupuncture because once I like sit still for five minutes all the ideas start coming to me and then I'm like what am I supposed to do with all mm-hmm. this stuff but one of my mm-hmm. sisters she-, she said that you have three lists. You have your green light, your yellow light and your red light and on your green light is only four things. It can never be more than four things. On your yellow light is all the stuff that's queued up for when one thing drops off of your green light Mm. and you finished it, then you can shuffle one from your yellow light up and then your red light, Mm -hmm. all of the genius ideas that you get that you're like, how am I going to do this? You just add it to the list and there you go. Never more than Mm -hmm. four things you can prioritize at once if you want to do them. Great.
1: And if you want to stay (laughs)
2: alive.
1: Yeah, I like that. You know, I'm all about those. Part of that thing that this, you know, um, astrologer was saying for next year is that I, I am literally I the planets are literally aligned for my success but only one if I take care of myself which I need to pour into myself and be radically selfish and two if I get systems in place and if mm. I work efficiently because I'm doing too much I need more help so I'm actually in the process of possibly not possibly of hiring an assistant it's for you um, because I just, I can't do it all. And and a lot of that means putting things in the red light category, and that's been a great lesson for me. Is it doesn't mean, I get credit for having a great idea. It's Great, Melinda, you're so clever. You're so creative. But <laughs> that's not how smart business women work, is right. they're not doing seven things at once. And if they are, they probably don't have children, and they probably don't have a partner. They're just, like, in their hustle grind mode, and that's not where I'm at. And it's not where I would want to be. I like the fact that I, you know, I have a partner and I have a child that I come home to every day. And and I didn't always have that, you know. He's lived here for seven months and I have to really pour into that relationship. So he doesn't feel like, damn, there's no room for me in her life. She's always on a plane or she's always on the computer. And I don't want to look back at my life and feel like what I the great thing I did was hustle, like, that's not my that's not my purpose on this earth. So Beautiful. lots of red lights and lots <laughs> of self selfishly, radically selfish for 2018. And I will keep you posted on all of those things. I love and it. Thank I you for it. having me, and thank you for the work that you do and the 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 spark that you lit in me around somatic work and that I continue to come back to. And it's it's been a Experiment, as I say. Um, I'm really happy. One more time.
0: Thank you so much to my incredibly inspirational and open hearted guest, Melinda Alexander. As you can tell, I really enjoyed our conversation. And I want to really thank all the listeners of this growing podcast, too. Thank you for your downloads, for your subscriptions, and also for your ratings. You are the reason that these stories are being shared and are part of this movement that we're seeing in the world today. Hashtag do you, because if you don't, who will? Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to my awesome producer, Nikki Thomas. Thanks to Ducks for my theme music. Remember to follow us at Radically Selfish on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. And we'll see you next time.